Welcome to the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills Resort, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austin's Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. And this is Jeff Kolpak. I don't know if I'm very pretty good or not, but uh, that opening is certainly better than most. So, good morning. This is uh, the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak, sponsored by Michelob Ultra. Thanks again for coming along for another hour show of just great golf talk. Very honored and pleased to have one of the staples of golf in studio for the entire hour, Mark Johnson, who we are going to get into this later. Mark, we have some exciting uh, career news, too. But um, good morning. How are yeah, you? Yeah, good morning, Jeff. Yeah, thanks for having me in. This is kind of uh, an annual tradition. It unlike, is. Masters. And like, yeah. unlike any other. <laughs> I think <laughs> there's good. a wager. Did you invent that? Yeah. There's probably a wager we need to settle. We, we will do a wager, yeah, yeah, before before the end of the show. But yeah. first, we need to uh, get to the pro uh, of this show. Tom Hoagie is on... Uh, been on the uh, PGA Tour for several years now, and uh, very successful at it with um, with his golf game, and, and just a, a great friend of the show over the years. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm getting to be one of the old guys. You are, there, I guess. You are. Uh, great, great tournament last week weekend, Tom. Uh, let's just start there. Uh, why don't you review how that's going and and how you see your game going from here? Yeah, I'll back up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, I finished third going into our winter break in December there down in Mexico and started off the year, and it was a weird deal. I felt like uh, heading to Hawaii in January, things were in pretty good shape, and I really didn't play very well for the first uh, six weeks or so on the West Coast there, and really it was my iron game that's always been my strength that was kind of letting me down, and that I felt like was, uh, you know, if I had to rate it, was probably a D or an F, to be quite honest mm. with you, so it was frustrating. Um and I had a good week, you know, at Pebble Beach. I, I was right in the final group there with Jordan Spieth and uh, had a good finish, and my short game really carried me there. So that was that was kind of a confidence builder for me is that, you know, even with, uh, you know, some shaky ball striking, I could still manage my way around and kind of get through a tournament and post a good finish. Um, and then I, I headed to Florida for the Florida Swing, played well at the Players' Championship, and, uh, you know, I really feel like my ball strike is starting to come around here, so I've been excited. Um, I've been playing well at home here. And, uh, you know, a few weeks off to get ready for San Antonio last week. And I really started to hit it good again. So uh, golf's getting a little bit more fun again on the, on the, on the course. And, uh, you know, now we just got to put it all together at the right time and hopefully uh, can get up there close to it, close to the top. When your iron game went south, Tom, was that a little alarming, a little panic? Because you've always been just crystal clear with those irons. Yeah. And, you know, it was one of those deals where, I was playing well in the first rounds and it wasn't that bad. And I kind of started off some second rounds with a few, you know, miss hit poor contact um, shots were coming off kind of thin and off the heel and just didn't feel that good. And I think it just kind of rattled me a little bit. Um, and so I don't think it was anything major swing wise um, that I needed to fix. I think it was just a little bit of confidence, a little bit of tempo as we get off and uh, you know, it's hard to go out and compete on Torrey Pines and some of these golf courses. If you know that you're a little bit off. Tom, Mark Johnson here. Uh, following your your season, um, 
you, you know, that's that uh, opportunity that you have at Pebble. You're in the final group. Just curious, your mindset going into that that uh, that final round, knowing that uh, you're obviously right there in contention. Do you do you do you think about play? I mean, changing your game plan at all because it's the final round and because you're in contention, or are you just go about business as normal? How do you, how do you tick? Because Valero is kind of the same scenario. Yeah, I was in a similar position as in the final group at Pebble Beach. Um, I think I was two back in Jordan Spieth going to the final round. But in my mind, I kind of faked my way into that almost, that I hadn't played as well as I thought I could have. And, um, you know, I, I had good short game, good putting that kind of got me through. So I would say I didn't have as high of expectations there on Sunday as I did um, at Valero. Um, just because I felt like I was playing a lot better last week at Valero and, and had some better opportunities going into Sunday. But at the same time, you know, in golf, you never know what you're going to have the next day. So if you can go out and just, you know, take it one shot at a time and make the most of it, really, um, and, and hope the putter gets hot at the right time is more more than anything what it comes down to. But, uh, you know, I was really pleased at Pebble Beach, like I said, that I I didn't hit it that well. I made a lot of great up and downs there on Saturday and Sunday on the back nine that kind of hang in there. And then, you know, I had that un- that unfortunate uh, ball getting stuck in a tree on the yeah. second hole at uh, uh, Pebble crazy. Beach. That was yep. A little bit of a curveball, but, uh, you know, for the most part, things have been trending in the, in the right direction here and I'm excited about you know we've got a lot of great tournaments coming up here in the schedule and excited to try to make the most of those opportunities you talk about putt for dough you are seventh on the tour in putting which is outstanding it's 28 putts per round what's been the key there Tom yeah you know I, I tend to look more at the uh, stroke scheme statistics where I'm not quite as high you know I think the, the high putting stats I'm I would say I'm one of the most aggressive iron players on tour so I miss more greens than most guys so that'll bump up the putting stats a little bit, but, uh, you know, I feel like I've continually gotten a little bit better each year, you know, both chipping and putting. Um, so I feel pretty comfortable on the greens most weeks and, and yeah, things have been going pretty good. Uh, is that something you just work on every day? Is it just experience? Is it feel, uh, can you pinpoint your, your putting? Yeah. You know, probably a little bit of everything goes into that. Um, and confidence and green reading is a hard thing to kind of get down. But um, I hired new caddy, Henry Diana. That would have been two and a half years ago probably. And, you know, a daily thing that we work on is 10-footers. Um, he's an aim point guy, so we, he goes through the aim point process of figuring out the percentage of slope and, and how much break we're going to have. So we put a T where we're trying to aim. I've also got a T uh, a little bit over a foot behind the hole I'm trying to roll it to for speed. So Speed's been a big emphasis, and if you can have consistent speed on the greens, um, it's easier to read putts and uh, you know easier to make putts. Tom, back to your comment about being a, an aggressive uh, iron player, probably more so than other guys on tour. For the listeners out there, can, can you just walk us through a scenario that what that means uh, for people that are trying to figure out, should I be more aggressive with my iron play? Do I have the <laughs> skill set to do that? But I'm listening. Through, yeah, <laughs> Jeff's perked up. When, uh, no, but give us an, an idea of what that, what that means and when you're, where you take your shots and where you don't. Yeah, you know, I would say that, that – I've tried to dial it back a little bit. Um, just, just uh, you know, kind of the stats have hit golf, the, the analytics side of it a little bit more, um, as they have in other sports as well. But, uh, you know, I think that if you got, you know, outside of 150 yards, your average player, you're really not aiming at the hole. You're aiming uh, kind of the fat part of the green, trying to make sure that your miss is still going to be in a pretty good spot. 
Um, and then as you get closer, you know, you get more comfortable yardages, wedges in your hands. You start moving that target a little bit closer to the hole itself. And, you know, for us, it's all dictated off of course conditions, how firm the greens are, that sort of stuff. If it's, and, and we're seeing that this week at the Masters, too. You know, when they played in November and those greens were soft, guys could be a lot more aggressive going at hole locations. Now with very firm greens, they've got to be very careful about where you leave the ball around the green so you uh, have a chip shot if you potentially miss it. But, you know, for me, I've always felt like my iron game is my strength. And I've always felt more comfortable – um, you know, chipping from closer range versus having 50, 60 foot, foot leg putts. So I've been more aggressive. And, uh, you know, I think that my results have shown it a little bit that on weeks where things are kind of clicking, that I've got that ability to go low. Um, and I've got to find a little bit more consistency in there too with it to make those cuts when you're, when you're not playing well. Tom Hoagie joins us on the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak, Mark Johnson in studio on 107.3 FM, 740 The Fan. Also, 740thefan.com is a podcast. You brought up the Masters, Tom. It seems like they're going all U.S. Open on this. Were they mad at Dustin going, DJ going 20 under last year and say, we can't have this anymore? Yeah, it's hard to say uh, if that played a role in it, but I think that the weather more than anything, you know, we're here in in Fort Worth, Texas, and it's very warm here for the last few weeks. So very warm and dry, so they can firm things up. And, uh, you know, I didn't see a lot of the coverage here early in the week, but things are looking pretty brown out there. And as a a player, it's a good sight to see because it really separates the field. Um, You've got to be very precise with your iron shots going into those greens. And uh, I think it'll set up a real fun weekend. I think you bring a, a good point, Tom, that when it gets firm and fast, it does separate. You know, it, it now being in the fairway means something. Sometimes we are fortunate when we set up the golf course for North Dakota Open, and you, you've you won that tournament, Tom, and it you we're clearly able to separate yourself from the field because of conditions, and we're seeing that at, at Augusta. I thought it was interesting, the, the greens on last Sunday at Augusta for the kids' yeah. uh, drive, chip, and putt, they were already had a little brown tinge to them. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Oh boy, this is going to be a quick. Don't you the guy put it off the green into the water? I mean, it's. But isn't that the case, Tom? I mean, it just it really does help uh, separate the field from who's playing the best golf. Yeah, for sure. You know, the best way I could put it is that as you're hitting approach shots into greens, you know, if you might have had a, a ten yard window to land the ball in while it's soft conditions, all of a sudden that window shrinks down to three or four yards. So you've got to be very precise going into those greens and. And like you said, you know, guys are putting balls in the water. Um, chipping gets that much more difficult. So it makes it very interesting uh, to watch on TV. And, you know, as players, we all love it just because, it's like you said, it separates the field a lot more and, uh, you know, really rewards the guy that's that feels like he's on his game. This is the Golf Show sponsored by Michelob Ultra. This is Jeff Kopak and Mark Johnson in studio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with the guest, Tom Hoagie. <laughs> Welcome back. This is the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak, sponsored by Michelob Ultra. Mark Johnson in studio. We will have much more with Mark later in the show. Tom Hoagie is the guest on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Tom, is it hard? This is Masters Week, and it's about the only tournament you haven't been entered in, I think. You've had some majors under your belt. Is this hard for you, watching this? Not really hard, I wouldn't say. You know, I'm a fan like anything else. I love, I love Masters Week. It's always fun to watch. Uh, but I definitely want to be there, and hopefully it'll be one of these years here soon. I feel like things have been trending in the right direction. Um, 
yeah, hopefully it'll be here soon. What's the what's the easiest? Not not that it's easy. What's the best way that you see that you'll get in this field? Is it is it through a win or world top fifty? I know you're 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 in right the top hundred uh, world ranking. What what's your what's your avenue? What's what's your path to get in this uh, field in the future? I would say you know probably to win. I think that in order to get in the top fifty in the world, I probably have to win or have you know multiple second or third place finishes here in a short time period. So. I would say it's probably a win. Um, the other real good route would be top 30, make the, make the tour championship for the FedEx Cup. So you could do that without a win. But you've got to play some great golf along the season. But, uh, you know, it's pretty simple for me that I've just got to keep getting a little bit better. And that's kind of the thing I've tried to keep focusing on and, and put in a lot of hard work. And uh, you know, I feel like I've seen some, some signs of that. Like I said, I feel like, you know, it's been a nice step in the right direction for me that without my best ball striking, I've still been able to have a pretty good season here so far. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can match that all up at the right week and uh, win one of these. Absolutely. I Just a follow-up on that. You look at the the field at the Players' Championship, and it, it, it really is uh, it's a large field, and it's broad, and it's a fantastic field. Uh, probably rivaling the PGA Championship uh, versus the Masters field, Tom. How is there? Not that the Masters field is weak, but they certainly allow a lot of amateurs in, and it's a much smaller field. Uh, obviously, a Masters champion, you want to be a Master champion, but do guys talk about that? It's it's not the strongest field in golf necessarily. Is Interesting. That, right. Is that a talker out there at all or not? Not really. You know, I think that everybody respects. Augusta National, they can kind of do what they want to do. Um, but yeah, you know, you look at it, and it's an 88 man field. It's a very small field here this week. Um, and, and I get it. You know, they've got daylight concerns and weather and all that going on in, in uh, Georgia this week. But like you said, at the same time, the Players Championship for us has that big time major feel. And it's 100 and 150 of the best players in the world, you know, pretty much right off the rankings for that. So that's probably our strongest field um, right there with the PGA championship, as you said. Um, you know, I think that for us, there's, there's a handful of PGA tour events that are opposite field events, the opposite uh, majors and those that are, that are played, uh, you know, Puerto Rico, Reno, some of those where the champions don't get into the masters. And that's, that would probably be the biggest talking point is why those guys wouldn't get in. But, you know, everybody everybody wants to be at Augusta so they can keep doing what they want to do. You ever feel like going over to Europe and winning like four tournaments? <laughs> you know, I mean, just to, to do something different and 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 go and, and get in that way. Yeah, that sounds nice. But uh, you know, even playing the North Open, there's great players everywhere out there, um, and you've got to play great golf in order to win. It's not it's not as easy as it sounds. Now, Jordan Smith, you talk about a guy who resurrected his golf game. What's the talk on the tour with him and what he did? Yeah, I think everybody kind of expected it. You know, I played with I played with Jordan in the fall um, at Sherwood Country Club on Sunday. And you can see it then. He had, he had played uh, beautiful golf and just made a few mistakes, led to some big numbers. But, uh, you know, I think as players, you look at the season he had last year, and I think that I think that it was a little bit overhyped, the slump that he was in. I think he only missed three cuts in the season. He had a pretty pretty strong year for uh, for most standards, just not up to you know such high standards that he set coming out and winning everything his first few years. But uh, you know, even even going back to his amateur junior days, he kind of had these little runs he'd get on, and then he'd have you know quieter year year and a half stretch. So mm-hmm. 
I think this one lasted a little bit longer than he would have liked, but uh, I think everybody expected him to be back winning. And, uh, you know, I, I said it to my caddy last week. Cause I think Jordan had a four or five shot lead when he got to 17 or 18 under, but I don't know if we all want Jordan Spieth back at his best again, because he's able to go out and uh, do some right. pretty impressive stuff. Right. Good point. I'm going to take it back, uh, Tom, about a year ago at this time when the shutdown hit the PGA Tour and we were talking about the Play It Forward Bell Classic at the Fargo Country Club. I think that was about getting going about now. How Do you look back at those times and go, wow, did that really happen? Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, for me personally, um, that was the best golf of my career. I was playing up right up until that point when uh, we got shut down. So it's been a little bit frustrating. I haven't quite been able to get the ball striking back how I wanted to. And last week was finally one of the first weeks where I felt like, all right, things are getting pretty close again to where I was when we shut down before the COVID stuff happened. But, uh, yeah, you know, that was, uh, I think it was 11 weeks that we had off as professional golfers, which has never happened and uh, pretty crazy to look back on. Tom Hoagie is the guest. This is the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak. Mark Johnson is in studio on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. So it was you, you were with Cullen, correct? Yeah, and it was yep. J- Josh Dumel and Amy Olson, and I think you guys cleaned up, didn't you? Of course we did. Come on. <laughs> you know, Amy, Amy, I think she'd like that putt back. Uh, if it was on 17, I think she had a putt on 17 that would have, yep. I don't know, tied the yep. match. She'd like that putt back. I know she came close in the women's open, but I think if you asked her which putt she would prefer to have back, it's probably that one from from the match with with you. Exactly. How much fun was that? I mean, at least that was something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. It was great to be back on the golf course again. You know, we weren't really doing anything at the time. You know, looking looking to now, it would be nice to be able to play an event like that with fans out there, and uh, you know, because man, we finally have had a few a few. Uh, small crowds at our tournaments here the last few weeks now getting back to it and it makes it a lot more enjoyable a lot more exciting out there at the golf course so it'd be fun to be able to have that opportunity yeah i was going to get to that on the galleries coming back is the intensity back is the roar as i say is the tiger roar back on golf courses or do you think it's going to take a while yeah it's slowly coming back you know um I don't know. We've had maybe five to ten thousand fans. It's been pretty small crowds to this point, and you know, most of those most of those fans are following the big name guys. But uh, you know, you could you could hear it last week on Sunday. I was in the second to last group with Jordan Spieth right behind me, so big big crowds followed him, and you could hear when he was making birdies all the time. But you just get that little bit of buzz and excitement, um, and it makes it that much more fun for everybody out there. Speaking of the buzz and excitement, your finish Saturday. Yeah, uh, you shot sixty six, and that back. I th- it was a, a nine birdie round, if I'm not mistaken. Tom, was it nine? Yeah. So it, yep. walk us through that when you when you get in that type of zone. Um, I mean, these golf courses are not nine birdie golf courses usually, even for the best in the world. Obviously, what what's going through your mind on something like that, or are you just is it literally one shot at a time? Are you aware of what's going on? To be honest, you know, I got off to a good start where I hit some good iron shots in, and I made the turn at three under par, um, and I bogeyed one and four. I started on the back nine on Saturday. So I was one under par through 13 holes, and, uh, you know, it was almost like I had been doing the previous few weeks, you know, where I would get off to a good start and make a few bogeys and then kind of finish it off with nothing. And 
you know, I had a lot of rounds where I felt like I played really well and didn't get as much out of it as I would have liked. So walking to the fifth tee, you know, I was a little bit hot. And I was just trying to make a few birdies coming in to, you know, to kind of get some momentum going into Sunday. Um, and I had good wedge shots in on five and six. So they're kind of tapping birdies. And then, you know, seven was a, a long, tough par three where I made about a 25-footer. Eight, I made another 15-footer. So to be honest, you know, you're not you're not really thinking about that. Um, obviously, you're trying to make a birdie every hole you can just because you're trying to move up the leaderboard, make it a little bit easier on Sunday. But I would have never expected to birdie the last five. You know, seven, eight, nine were all pretty difficult holes with the wind blowing. Um, so I felt pretty fortunate to make those. And, and yeah, when you're out playing, I had no idea that I made nine birdies. I was just trying to take care of the next hole in front of me. And uh, like I said, keep moving up that board. When you're playing well, Tom, are you even thinking about your swing? What are you thinking about when things are just flowing great? Not really. I would say for me, I've always got the same one or two swing thoughts. Um, so you're focused on those kind of pre-shot as you go about it, but you're not thinking a whole lot about it. You know, when you get days like Saturday, you know, coming down the stretch there, um, like like on the ninth hole, I, I had a nice, perfect nine iron in, you know, just a nice pretty much stock range shot you could hit for my last hole of the day and you get a lot of those comfortable numbers you get a lot of easy reads on the greens where you're you know pretty small break and then i contrast that to sunday you know i i played great on sunday um i hit a lot of great shots in there where i had eight to 15 feet a lot of times for birdies but i had all these putts you know that were the first hole i had a 10 footer that broke about a foot the second hole i had a double breaker from eight feet um Mm. just a lot of tougher reads, tougher putts to make on those Sundays for the easier rounds. You know, the rounds where you're making all your birdies are pretty simple, full, nice stock number of iron shots, easy reads on the greens, and you can feed off of those. Tom, big stretch coming up this summer. We look forward to watching you continue to be so successful on the tour. And this is, I want to say, this is not a coincidence. Every time Mark, he's on the show, gets in a hot streak, right, Tom? I mean, it never fails. So looking forward to the next few weeks. Yeah, I hope so. You know, we got a big stretch coming up, a lot of golf courses that I love, so I'd love to uh, get on a little run here. Awesome. Thanks. That's Tom Hoagie. This is Jeff Kopak and Mark Johnson in studio. This is The Golf Show on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. This is the second half of The Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. 740thefan.com is the podcast. Also podcasted on Inform.com. We're everywhere. Mark Johnson in studio. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, this is a fun week. It this is. is this kind of ushers in spring. We already have the golf courses open. That's a little rarer. Masters week, we're usually hoping to have a golf course or a practice facility opening. And we've a lot of places been open for maybe a couple weeks. So. Now, before we get to the Masters, you have some career news here, which is pretty significant for you. So why don't you share with the listeners what's going on? Yeah, you know what? I have an opportunity. Uh, I've been at Fargo Country Club at a great facility for this, my 16th season. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, there's there's an opportunity in town. My uh, brother and family and and I, we had invested into the new golf center that's coming to town called Sweet Shots. Yep. And uh, before my dad passed, he had... uh, he, he was all in on the concept of a facility like that and 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 growing the game in our area and and uh, as things have just evolved over the last couple of years as the development has taken place it, it kind of became clear that uh, 
um, just recently in the last mm-hmm. month or so that look you know what this might be a position that uh, it, that you'd be good at and and uh, the ownership group approached me on it and uh, yeah I thought it was not an easy decision uh, never because Fargo's Fargo's great and change is tough for a guy yep. that's 52 years old but I'm looking forward to a, a new opportunity in the community and uh, like I said use use that facility to to help grow the game and it's more than just a regular top golf we actually have a golf academy and learning space in there okay. that we that we intend to really try and use to introduce the game to uh, you know a, a lot of people that maybe haven't haven't tried golf so pretty 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 exciting for those that don't know and if you're on i-29 heading south it's the monstros- monstrosity of, of poles right off uh, 52nd avenue south which is which is going and it's a, it's based off top golf and there's one in sioux falls popular across the country like you and believe and uh you know people go can it work in the winter and i think sioux falls minneapolis isn't the twin cities one of the most popular top golf destinations it is yeah for top it's their second uh largest grossing yeah. revenue side uh facility in the country and actually las vegas is number one but that doesn't count that's a four-story <laughs> vegas yeah. yeah um so yeah in the in the snow actually the novelty of going out and hitting some golf balls and having a, a drink and some apps while it's snowing or yeah. you know 20 degrees out it's it's kind of the novelty and we don't have a lot to do in 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 our region in the winter so um and this is it's it's amazing the statistics that top golf has on their usership and by far the majority are non-golfers really it's actually non-golfers interesting it's, it's folks looking to do something different and have and have fun where we're a little different than top golf our facility uh we're using real range balls top golf will use a chip RF uh, radio frequency right. chip ball identification ball. We're using real golf balls, and we're using Top Golf's technology called Top Tracer, and that's what people. If you watch the you know the TV, the tour coverage, it's always this Top Tracer path, mm-hmm. and that's the technology that that we're implementing with this facility. And you're seeing more and more of the Top Golf's converting to this new um, uh, camera-based technology. It's more it's more accurate. It's uh, it, and you can use a real golf ball. So our field's 250 yards. It'll it should contain your drive, Jeff. It'll it'll hold a 340 I don't know about that. 340 yard carry drive. Maybe. Where's the wind coming from? Well, that's right. We hit east, okay. so the sun will be at your back at night, and uh, most of the winds will be cross and some downwinds. But uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. We're hoping for a, a fall opening. Uh, they're working hard out there, uh, mid September, maybe by October first. But that's it's a little early to know for sure. My favorite Top Golf story, if you will, was when NDSU was playing James Madison in the FCS title game. I think it was 2019. And on Thursday, they have a little get-together with both teams. And in this case, they did it at Topgolf, a little competition. And so they're going at it. And NDSU, after a while, goes, you know what? Uh, we're going to have this, this this female be on our team. Is that okay? Do you guys mind if, if, if she plays and it just hits a couple shots? Well, it turns out to be Amy Olson. Perfect. <laughs> she just <laughs> lit it up. And the, the Dukes are going... What the heck? What is going on? And so, well, she is an LPGA Tour player. So. That's perfect. How long did it take to come clean on that? <laughs> I don't know. But Couldn't have been too many shots. Yeah, and it was, yeah, after like seven in a row in the same spot, which those Tour players are so good at. Is it tough to leave uh, the country club? I, I, of course it's tough to leave, but what are you going to miss about that? 
Yeah, and you know, I, I wrote a little letter uh, in the latest newsletter uh, just talking about what I'm going to miss, and it's the relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime you spend significant amount of time, uh, 15 seasons, this is my 16th, and you get to know you get to know people and you get to know their families. And I've been there long enough to watch a kid like Tom Hoagie, a sophomore in high school, and you know, see him where he's at now. And some of these kids that uh, were in diapers when I started that are are uh, mm-hmm. you know using golf maybe they're not going on to college golf or professional golf but they've used golf to um, spend quality family time together or they've used the game to learn some life skills some of those young men and, and gals came to work f- for me in the golf shop and they learned some valuable skills that they can take on later in life so I'm going to miss the relationship stuff and it's it is one of the best offices in the valley because i mean you look out the window there and it's just it right on the river yep. as long as the river behaves yeah. it's a pl- very pleasant view you're not going to so, miss battle on the river I, I guarantee that no well we're we're in a mini drought right now yeah. so other than the rain we, we got here recently but um it's this real special place and uh you know the community should be should be proud of uh of the fargo country club i hope to still stay involved in the uh, bobcat north dakota open okay as a some type of uh, tournament, uh, if not the director, at least uh, continue to help with that event. That's a fantastic event, raises money for Village Family Service Center. So, uh, and I'm able to stay in golf and be in the community, and that's that's uh, really uh, a, another dream. So that's it'll be great. Mark Johnson is the guest. This is the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak, sponsored by Michelob Ultra, presented by Michelob Ultra on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Mark and I go back so far that. You may not remember this, but when you were at Meadows, my game, I was struggling so mightily, I was ready to give it up. And you took me aside. I was, my wife and I were at a group lesson, and she got a little jealous because you're spending more time with me than her, but my game was worse than hers, that was for sure. And you just adjusted my hands, and it made all the difference in the world. It can be that simple. Yeah. And I knew that you, you had a family game, right? I think, Dave, oh, yeah. you guys, it, yeah. you had a big game each summer, and you were feeling some pressure. It's called the pack attack. It's... <laughs> It's um, my brother Dave and I and two friends and my brother Bruce from Seattle and, and his three old roommates from Seattle. And it is a Ryder Cup format and it is fierce. I sensed that. <laughs> there was some tension beyond just the normal tension. And we Did we contact you over a rules violation, I think? one. I, I think there was. There, t- there, there was like some rules question and I texted you on the course. We were like Texas or something like that. Well, and you need to know yeah. it's coming down to that. So, yeah, we do go back uh, a ways, and that's what's great about golf. Uh, you know, you can play it a lifetime, and being in the community, I started at the Meadows in mm-hmm. 1996, so 25 years I've been in the community. Uh, you know, you meet a lot of people, and you start a lot of relationships, and I'm looking forward to continuing that uh, now at uh, at Sweet Shots. It's good that you're still with the North Dakota Open. I'm glad to hear that because it's, it's a special tournament for the community. It's a Dakota's Tour event. I think it winds up the year in a way. And uh, what do you enjoy about that? What is what is it about the Dakotas tour that just you know pushes your button? Well, I I like you know when you when you get uh, Fargo Country Club to get in, it's always in fantastic condition. But as Tom talked about, when you when you raise the level of a golf course so that it becomes firm and fast, and it's it's some subtle things mm-hmm. that just helps identify who the best players are. I enjoy working with our superintendent, Joe Rolstead, yep. fantastic job at FCC. And I enjoy orchestrating and helping be a part of something um, that tests the, the players. And then if it's the rules and it's the complete tournament administration. And then on top of that, to know that it has such a longstanding history in the community, 
you know, over 50-year tournament. Is. It's been around. And uh, such a great cause with, uh, with the Village Family Service Center. They do so much good in our community. And Bobcat, the title sponsor, uh, where their heart and, and money are at with this. It's just it's nice to be a part of something with that tradition. So, yeah, I, I, plan, uh, I plan to stay involved in that as much as I can for as long as I can. I don't think I've ever asked you this, Mark, but is there a hole at the Fargo Country Club that separates the Tom Hoagies of the world from the aspiring tour players? Is there one hole that just makes a difference? Boy, I don't know if it's that's a that's a really good question. I don't know that it's it's one hole, but I I'll tell you or the stretcher, the amen corner of yeah, the Fargo stre- Country Club. The, the guys that really play well, they play the far, par five so well. Mm-hmm. They just they go low on the par fives, you know, and so that's an accurate long drive. You know, there it's probably a mid to long iron, and you know you probably see them play. You know, in three rounds they might play. Uh, if there's four, twelve, you, you, those guys might play those par fives ten under. You know, they might they might not. And with that being said, maybe it comes back to, you know, some of the longer par fours, uh, three, six and uh, and 13. Maybe over the years, if you look, analyze the scores there, maybe that's where they separate themselves. All those guys can hit at 300 yards. That's how they how they get in the hole. OK, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to say it's the second shot. And for these pros, the second shot on the par five on number two, because that is a difficult green. And if you can place that uh, a legitimate eagle putt where you're not going downhill and just hoping to save face there. I think that's a big part of the course right there. Yeah, it's early in the round. Yeah, uh, you can get some really good momentum if you're if you're able to navigate that second shot. That's that's a good point. And then that drive on three, especially with the with the new back tee, they're carrying water. If it's into the wind, yeah. all of a sudden that that hole's either playing first, second, or third most difficult on the golf course. So that's boy, that's pretty insightful, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mark Johnson is a guest. This is the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak. We're going to take a break. When we come back, oh, there is a tournament going on this weekend, and Mark and I, it's a, it's a passion of ours, the Masters, because A, we've both been there, and B, we just enjoy the tournament in general. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Final segment. This is the Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra, 107.3 FM, 740 The Fan. This is Jeff Kopak, Mark Johnson in studio. You have money there, sir. What's this for? It's burning a hole in my pocket. Yes. So this goes back when Tiger Woods uh, had an unfortunate run-in with a (laughs) nine-iron. That's right. Probably one of the most solid shots his wife. Yeah, that was. It was. It's well known. And uh, among other things, it was your 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 stance was Tiger's done. He's done. He's finished. He's done. And I I couldn't have been more wrong. I think I went on air and said, Jeff, I think. You're wrong. Uh, he he. It's Tiger Woods. He's coming back, and we all know he came back. Not only did he play golf and contend, but he wins again, and then he wins the major, Master. wins yeah. the Masters, which was two years ago, right? Yep. So they played the Masters last. And I think I paid. I paid my debt. Correct. You probably did. Yeah, I think I did. I, I gave you five ones. I remember. Yeah, and they were crumpled up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> These are freshly minted. This okay. is a freshly minted five. Yep. And this goes back to last, is this last November? Right. Okay, so I'm going to hand this over. Thank you. Doesn't make for good radio, but. The sound of a crisp $5 bill. Now, I have There's another no gambling. Five. Oh, what's that for? Well, I, did, I thought it was, I thought I might have owed you 10 because I might have started no, I talking. I think it's just five. Okay, yeah. well, well, I'm going to put you this just, one back. Okay, yeah, you keep that. Put it towards sweet shots, you know, yeah. in that investment. So, what are we going to do with uh, Tiger now that he's uh, laid up? Is there is there a new bet? Is he done? Will he play again? That was my next question. And where do I stand on that aisle? Is he done? I'm going to say no. I think he comes back. I don't think he wins a major, 
and I don't think it's within the next year or two. But I mean, golf is a game where you know you, you need your legs, right? His, his legs are badly damaged, but it's not like he's running a marathon. Well, where, where do you stand? Similar reference would be Ben Hogan. Okay, was banged up in a, in yep. a automobile bus accident and came back. It was never the same, but he was able to come back, and I believe he won a major after that accident. I believe Tiger will come back. He will. He will play. Do you think he'll win? Let, let's go right there. I'll, uh, this five dollars says he doesn't win on the PGA. I'll Tour. take that he wins again. Okay. Is he going to play in the Senior Tour, the Champions Tour? I think he's going to be caddying for his son before he plays in the Champions. You think Tour. so? I think he'll probably play majors in the Champions Tour. Maybe. I don't. I don't know what he's going to do. But his. I think he's going to live for his son. He's going to probably try to come back. And it's Tiger, so he's likely that he's going to come back and do just fine or be able to play. But I am not an orthopedic surgeon. I don't know the extent of his injuries, but it's Tiger Woods. Before we get to the Masters, you brought up Tiger's son. I want to bring up your son. He's a, his last year of golf at NDSU. They won a tournament last weekend. What's, uh, what's the feeling here? And my, I have a son playing college athletics, too. He has another year. But we're kind of getting to that point, aren't we, where you just got to appreciate every every shot he makes. Right. Well, you know, with the uh, COVID and NCAA, they gave him an extra year if, uh, of eligibility. So he is having such a good time with his teammates, and they're successful. Uh, I think he's going to get a minor and play another year. He is. Um, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so NDSU golf has been fantastic to him, and uh, those guys got it going. Uh, they, they went out and won the uh, – Golf Week Invitational in South Carolina and uh, beat a pretty good ranked team in Campbell. But the NDSU guys coming out of the snowbanks were 20 under after two rounds of golf. That's pretty solid. How do they do that? Is, is, they have a nice facility in the in the upstairs of the shack and, and some good stuff there. But that's not easy. I mean, they, they play in the bubble, right? Right. They, but yep. that's your short game. Yep, they have their short game center, the putting and, and chipping, yep. but it's not quite the same. No, they have not. a track man. Yeah. Um, well, these guys are pretty talented, and you know, sometimes when you you show up and the first day off the plane, maybe is your best round on a golf trip, and you and, you're, and you don't think much about it after that. I, these guys, they they didn't play well their first tournament in California. They played really good for two rounds in Arizona and found themselves in the final foursome didn't have their best on the final round and then they finished it last week so they'll contend for the uh for that summit championship and they can get to the ncaa's uh, regional tournament who knows but uh, it's a good group of young men on that team and coach kennedy does a great job yeah, if i remember right amy went from hanging out here in the winter to finishing second in the australian first uh, tournament last year so if you're good you're good yeah when you have some talent that's <laughs> what is possible jeff <laughs> the master's have you noticed the greens? They don't look green right now. Why is that? Are they shaved that low, or what's going on? They're a little. They're lean. I think sometimes yeah. that grass blade, when when it gets stressed, it's going to show a little bit a little bit of brown. Um, and that's. Um, I, I guess you don't normally see that at Augusta. They can get yeah. green speeds super quick. Um, I wonder. Just because everything, it's like a, it's like a pyramid. Mm-hmm. If how they pushed the golf course last November to get it ready for that tournament, if that has some bearing on where it's at 
this spring. Okay. I don't know that. I'm yeah. not a superintendent. It'd be a great question to have a, a golf course superintendent on. They have so many resources. They can probably do whatever they want, but um, they've dried the greens out. Anytime you reduce the moisture, you might see a little little brown. And TV probably, uh, in person, it might not look as brown. Yeah, because you're, you're down a little lower yeah, there. Yeah. But we're seeing it. Um, and that brown, it's not dead. It's just... That, that grass is stressed. It's like, hey, I'd like to be a little longer than I am, and I'd probably like some moisture. And it makes for great green speeds. And they were talking uh, or they were talking coverage. This ball is rolling a couple feet more than they're normally seeing. At oh, imagine that. And you they're could, already quick. Yeah. So. Imagine that. The And we saw it, one of the European players, I believe, had an eagle putt, and he rolled it off the green into the water. I, I, that's a pro. That's just like, can you imagine you and I putting on those things? I just no. It would no. You have been there. What is your lasting memory of walking around that course? Yeah, I, or what isn't? I mean, yeah. yeah. There's so many things, and you've been there as well. Uh, and I encourage, even if somebody gets a, a chance for the day, you know, even one day, it's worth. To do- me, it's the most beautiful piece of of real estate in the country. It really is. It's, uh, yeah, it is my favorite place on earth. Uh, That back nine, it's the change of elevation matched with just how green and perfect everything is. And if you're into golf, it's, you know, every, every bunker's just edged just perfectly. And just, uh, you see it on TV and then you're there in person and it's, it's, and it really is. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's perfect. And it's a, it's a uh, nature's painting. I mean, it's just this beautiful landscape and, and to see it on TV and be there in person, it's just, it's really over the smells. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's the flowers, the pine, the pine straw, it's, it's, uh, it hits all your senses, dollar 50 beers, you know, so there's, it's, it's great on many levels. And $2 sandwiches. I mean, it's really, it could be how cheap it was, you know, for, you think it'd be opposite, you know, it's the masters and, and these 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 badges are willed from family to family, and it, it it provided my favorite memory in golf. And if I can maybe accurately portray this, so Amen Corner is eleven, twelve, thirteen. So you, it, they come up on eleven, and a and approach shot with the green. Twelve is the par three, and then thirteen is the dogleg to uh, that goes to the west, I believe. And I was able to finagle my way. And there's there's no stands, right? There's no stands behind those holes. And the only people who are allowed are on one side of all three of those holes. And I was able to finagle my way right by number 12 tee box. So I could see him come up 11, watch 12 play, and I could see him go off on 13. And I just sat there and went, God, I hope nobody kicks me out right now. That's a good spot. It, it's it's the best spot in golf in the world. There's no question. I, th- I think you're right. It you're is. exactly right. And you had the opportunity to sit there. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic? It, it pays to be 5'5 five, five once in a while. I don't know how I got in. I just, <laughs> I must have slipped by a, a guard or something. One of my favorite, quick, can I tell a quick story? Sure. So a quick story, we're standing, one year we're there on the 15th hole, par five, and we're yeah. right on the tee box, on the rope. And I'm standing with Bill Israelson, mm-hmm. gr- great player, played on the tour, Staples, Minnesota. He's wearing Zubas. Remember the old Zubas? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's Billy. He just, you yeah. know, he's very colorful. Mm-hmm. And we're watching Tom or Tom Lehman's groups coming up. And it was when Tom was contending, so it was maybe late 90s. And uh, Tom's walking up, and it's Friday. He's trying to make the cut. He's grinding. And they have a little wait because the group had just teed off. He walks up, and he sees Billy, and he goes, Loud enough so that 200 people around that tee could hear. Yeah. He goes, now there's a guy that could win this tournament. And he's pointing right at Bill. <laughs> and they have a little conversation. You should have seen the people give Bill a little more respect. Yeah. He went from the guy in, the in Zubas. Zubas looking to get kicked out of here to, uh, 
you tell me this guy could probably win the tournament. It is one of my favorite Masters stories. And I have one more story, too. I think we were on the back of 16. There was, it was a hole where there was no stands. And my friend and I were, were sitting in the back of the green, and everybody was going long. They, they couldn't hold the green. Nobody could. And Bernard Langer uh, hits it long, and he hits it right by me. I mean, I mean, the ball is literally two feet from my feet. And he walks up, and he goes to me, and he goes, how many people have held the green? I go, I've been here half hour. I haven't seen anybody. And he goes, I'm not surprised. He's not surprised. And then Colin Montgomery, there was a rules official, was putting his arms out like, this course is unfair, this hole is unfair. And he, and he was chawn with one of the Masters officials on, off the side of the green. It was hilarious. But he, he, Yeah, Montgomery could be a little yeah, he was a little, he was, a little, he was a little snarky, yeah. for sure. What's going to take to win this weekend? Well, you know what? It's going to be the guy that makes the fewest mistakes, assuming that, that we don't get uh, moisture. You know, if, it, if the course softens up, then there'll be some more opportunities to score. But you're going to find these guys that uh, just don't make the big number, miss it in the right spots, and just be patient. You know, the, the winner typically comes out of the, the top 16 from way back on day one. So, you know, look for not a you won't see you probably won't see a guy come from nowhere to do this deal. Yeah. It's gonna it usually yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna be what we're seeing today in the top in the last couple of groups. Probably coming out of there. Out of, out of that. Mark, thank you. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. Good luck on sweet shots. That's gonna be that's gonna be sweet. Thank Very you. good. That's Mark Johnson. Head professional at Fargo Country Club, not for long, and we'll be heading over to Sweet Shots. Look for that when it opens this fall. That'll do it for this episode of The Golf Show, presented by Michelob Ultra. Again, my thanks to our sponsors, Fargo Park District, Forest Hills, Morad Parks, Wildflower Golf, and Austets. So I appreciate those fine folks. This is Jeff Kopak. Until next week, hit them straight. Thanks for listening to The Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austeds Golf. Join us next Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. for another edition of The Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on The Fan.